Well, good morning. I want to welcome everyone to Orchard Church today. I also want to welcome those that will be watching online. This is, of course, Palm Sunday. When you came in today, you should receive some elements for communion. We will partake of communion together at the end of this message, remembering the ultimate sacrifice that Jesus Christ uh, did for us to forgive our sins and restore our relationship with God. We're so glad that you guys are here today. If you haven't already, take out your Bibles this morning. Turn to the Gospel of Mark, Mark chapter 2, beginning in verse 1 today. Mark chapter 2, verse 1. We are today concluding our series, three-week series called Better Together. We are looking at three of our 11 values that we have here at Orchard Church. These are values that help us to stay on mission. And our mission, help me out, Orchard Church, is helping people find and follow Jesus. And we cannot do that alone. We are better together. Uh, we need everyone joining in in that mission. Um, if you missed the first week of this message or last week, I encourage you to go back uh, to our website, orchard.church. You can watch it online. The first week we talked about the fact that we are church uh, contributors, not church consumers. We want to live on mission like Jesus. We want to love like Jesus. We want to serve like Jesus. We want to give like Jesus. Amen, church? We, we don't want to be uh, consumers. We want to be contributors. Last week we looked at what I would argue to be maybe our number one value here at Orchard Church, uh, what this church was founded on. That's the Word of God. We always ask this question. Help me out, Orchard. We always ask, what does the Bible say? We looked at that value last week because uh, that is what brings us together and unifies us more than anything else is the inspired, infallible, inerrant, perfect word of God. We believe the Bible here at Orchard Church. And so we talked about that last week. Today we're going to look at our third value that helps us stay on mission. I am super passionate about what we're going to talk about today. I, I'm so excited to bring this message to you. I'm going to try to contain myself. I got a little carried away in the first service and so you're going to have to work with me today, but I'm so passionate about this value because our mission here is helping people find and follow Jesus. And so today we're going to talk about this value, and it's this. If you're taking notes, you can write it down. Here at Orchard Church, we reach people no one is reaching for Jesus by doing things no one is doing. Let me say that again. This is one of our values. We reach people no one is reaching by doing things no one is doing. You may ask yourself sometimes, you know, why do we do the things we do at Orchard Church? Why do we do them differently than maybe some other churches and what some of you have experienced. It's because we reach people no one is reaching by doing things no one is doing. I want us to say that together. If we can put that back up there one more time. Let's say this value nice and loud. Come on, second service, help me out this morning. Here at Orchard Church, we reach people no one is reaching by doing things no one is doing. And we live by that. In other words, we say it this way sometimes. We'll do anything short of sin to bring people to Jesus. 
We'll do anything short of sin to help reach people who are far from God and bring them near to God. Because what we understand, some of Jesus' famous last words he gave us was to go and make disciples of all nations, to go into all the world and share the good news of the gospel. We understand that God did not give us a small commission. He gave us a great commission to help people find and follow Jesus. And I realize now that we've moved in this new facility, our church is continuing to grow. Uh, numerically, more and more people are calling Orchard Church uh, their church home. And people now are asking this question, are, are you a mega church? Are you trying to be a mega church? It has never been our desire to be a mega church. But I'll tell you what, we're not a mega church, but we have a mega mission and a mega vision to reach people for Christ. Amen? And we're not going to apologize for that because that's what Jesus told us uh, to, to do. And really, when you take the size of our church and you compare it to how many people do not know Jesus in our community, we're really a very small church in comparison with a mega vision. Because let me remind you that within about a three-mile radius of this building, within about a five, ten-minute drive of Orchard Church where you sit today, there are over 50,000 unchurched people, 50,000 people, and that number is growing rapidly all the time as people are moving into our community. We have a responsibility to reach them with the gospel of Jesus Christ. God has given us here at Orchard Church, our leadership team and our church leaders, a vision. We call it our 2020 vision. In the first 12 years of Orchard's existence, we saw over 5,000 people say yes to Jesus Christ. But we believe that in the next just couple of years, by the end of the year 2020, we're going to see another 5,000 people, at least 10% of our unchurched community, find Jesus is Lord and Savior. Would you guys be okay if that happened? If 5,000 more people, and God is already blessing this, we're already ahead of our goal because since we've moved into this facility in November, we've already seen over 1,000 people say yes to Jesus just in the short time uh, that we have been here. And, and let, me, let me say it this way, and I don't want you to hear my heart on this. If, if we think that this church is too big, then our love for people is too small. I'm going to let that soak in for a second. If we think that this church or any church that, that's growing and, and reaching people for Christ is too big, then our love for people is too small. And I'm so passionate about this. If I could just share a little bit of my story. When we joined God where he was at work to start Orchard Church in this community a little over 12 years ago, God placed in my heart and my wife's heart and our family and the leaders that were part, part of Orchard Church that joining us at that time, that we wanted to be a church to reach the unchurched. We wanted to be a church to reach the de-churched, people who had walked away from church and walked away from God and, and that had been turned off for church. That's my heart and that's my passion. Now listen, if you found Orchard Church and you're a church person and you're a Christian, you're welcome here. We're thrilled to have you here as long as you'll join us in our mission to help people find and follow Jesus. We didn't start Orchard Church to reach church people. If you have a church, then that's your church. We, we started Orchard Church to reach the unchurched, to reach the, the lost. And, and this is so passionate. I'm so passionate about this, and I have a heart for this because the church lost me. Some of you know my story. I grew up in church, but when I became a teenager, I was turned off by the church. It wasn't connecting with me. It wasn't relating to me. And some of you can identify with this. I walked away from church for about six years, but I didn't walk away from God. I wasn't fully living in obedience, and I can't blame the church for all of it, but there was a big part of the church that I just didn't connect with, I didn't relate with. I loved Jesus, but I just didn't love the church. So you know what I'm talking about? Say yes. I love Jesus, but there were some Christians that were just weird to me. 
They were just strange. And I'm like, if this is what it's all about, you know, I'll just have a relationship with God on my own. And, and then I went about six years just kind of wandering uh, aimlessly without a church. And then God got a hold of my life and his grace and his mercy. And he called me back into church. And that's when he called me into ministry. And now this is my 28th year of full-time vocational ministry. And when God called me into ministry, he put in my heart that I, when I, when, if God gives me the opportunity to start a church someday, it's going to be different. Because how many of you, like myself, grew up? Up in a traditional church. You'd say it was pretty traditional, kind of a conservative, okay? Yeah, quite a few of you. Um, I, the church I grew up in, um, we didn't have nice, cushioned, comfortable chairs like these. We had what you call pews, okay? Like the most uncomfortable uh, seat known to man. Um, that was just like excruciating. The only thing a pew was good for when I was a kid growing up, and I would go sit in church with my mom in big church, I would sleep and I would lay down on the pew and I could have the whole thing to myself. Um, we would stand and we would sit and we would stand and we'd sit. And I didn't understand all of it. And we had this little book that we would get called a hymnal. And there's different kinds of hymnals. We had the official authorized hymn, the all-American red hymnal. And so we would take that thing out and we would sing songs that I didn't really fully connect to. I liked the words, but the music just, I was like this I'm not used to this and how many of you that grew up in church on hymns you remember we always sang verse one two and four why did we always skip verse three I don't know we were afraid of verse three and then I don't know if your church was like this but we would always have what they called a special right before the pastor would preach a, a man or a woman would get up and they would sing a solo they would sing a special and as a teenager I thought why do we call this a special when we do it every single week before the message what is special about this and these were always people if I'm being honest and keeping it real they thought they belonged on American Idol but they did not and it was excruciating many times. And I think this was maybe the pastor's way of like, oh, let's get that over with and get to the message. I, I don't know. And, I, and I, just, it, I just didn't relate. I just didn't connect to some of these things, especially as I got into my teenage years. And then we had a new pastor that came to our church. And if I thought it was traditional before, man, he came in with lots of rules and regulations. Here I was, 14, 15 years of age, and he told our youth director, here's the new rules for the youth group, okay? It's not about you being at church. It's about how you dress when you come to church. You know, it's, it's not, not just, hey, we're happy that you're here. You got to make sure you dress a certain way when you come. And he had rules like no shorts, no jeans, no rock music, no movies, no TV, no dancing, which to me meant no fun. <laughs> and I'm like, this is what church is all about. And then if you were an adult in that church and you even thought about having a beer at a ball game or a glass of wine with your dinner, that was a one-way ticket to hell. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Say yes. You're with me, right? And, and I remember, I was like, this, this, is, this is weird. This, I don't understand all this. And then when we started Orchard Church, we said, no, we're, we're going to be different. We, we'll do anything short of sin to reach people for Christ. We're not going to violate the word of God, but we're going to make sure we connect with people and we're relevant and we understand our, our context and, and our culture because we want to reach the lost. And this is one of the reasons why every single week for over 12 and a half years, no matter what the message is about, no matter what we're talking about, you guys know this, that attend regularly here at Orchard Church, I end every message every week, every service with the gospel of Jesus Christ, giving people an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. And as long as I'm here and having anything to do with this, we're doing that every time because that's what we're here for. That's why we're here, to help people find 
and follow Jesus. And I want to share with you today a, a, a story that's one of my favorite stories in the scriptures. It's in the Gospel of Mark, Mark chapter 2. And we're going to look at a powerful story of four guys that were willing to do whatever it took to reach their friend for Jesus, to bring their friend to Jesus. Mark chapter two, verse one. As we think about our value, we reach people no one is reaching by doing things no one is doing. That's exactly what these four guys do in this story. I love this story. Mark chapter two, verse one, it says, when Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later, the news spread quickly that he was back home. He, he would always leave and come back to Capernaum. Soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors and guests that there was no room uh, no more room, even outside the door, packed house to hear Jesus. And while he was preaching God's word to them, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat, their friend. And they couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd. There were too many people in the room. So what did they do? They just went back home and said, well, we'll try another day. Well, I guess this guy's never going to get healed. No, I love this. Watch what they did. So they dug a hole through the roof above his head in the house. And then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. And I love this. Watch verse 5. Seeing, help me out, church, seeing their faith, not the faith of the paralyzed guy, seeing the faith of these four friends that were so loving and so compassionate that were willing to do anything to bring their friend to Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, my child, your sins are forgiven. You know, oftentimes in the scriptures, Jesus would meet physical needs before spiritual needs, but in this story, he flips it. He meets the guy's spiritual deepest need first to have his sins forgiven and his relationship with God restored, and then he's going to meet his physical need. It says in verse 6, but some of the teachers of the religious law who were sitting there polishing their halos thought to themselves, everybody say thought to themselves. How many of you know that Jesus knows our thoughts? Here's a perfect example. They're just thinking this, okay? They thought to themselves, what is he saying? This is blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins, and that would mean Jesus is God. Yes, exactly. Jesus knew immediately what they were thinking. Everybody just go, uh-oh. That's a message for a whole nother day, but just file that away. Jesus knows what we're thinking. So he asked them, why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or stand up, pick up your mat, and walk? So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. Verse 12, love this. And the man jumped up, grabbed his mat, walked out through the stunned onlookers, they were all amazed and praised God, exclaiming, we've never seen anything like this before. What an incredible story. And my prayer, as, as we just highlight a couple of things in this story, is that we would be as passionate and compassionate about bringing people to Jesus as these four guys were. I mean, we've got Easter Sunday, Easter weekend, next weekend coming up. This is Palm Sunday week. This is Passion Week, remembering the sacrifice. But next Sunday, next Saturday and Sunday, we celebrate a risen Savior. And we know that if people are gonna choose one or two Sundays a year to come to church, even unchurched and de-churched people, it's Easter. We wanna leverage that for the kingdom's sake, for the gospel's sake. Amen, church? 
We, we want to see hundreds, maybe thousands of our friends, coworkers, neighbors, family members come to Jesus Christ next Easter weekend. But we can't do it alone. We're better together. We all have to be living on mission all week in order for this to happen, to follow the example of these four guys that were willing to do whatever it took to bring their friend to Jesus. So the remainder of our time, I want to highlight a couple of things that these guys did in this story that I, I pray that we'll put into practice in our life this week. What does it take to reach people for Jesus? First of all, what we see in this story is we got to be willing to bear some burdens. If we're going to bring people to Jesus, we got to be willing to bear some burdens. Let's go back to verse 3 and 4, and it says that these four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They were bearing literally his burdens. They were holding him to bring him to Jesus. He was paralyzed. He couldn't walk. He couldn't move. But why did they, they have to break the, the roof? Because they couldn't bring him to Jesus because of what? The, the crowd. Now, let me just say this. We're going to just all assume that this paralyzed guy wanted to be brought to Jesus, Okay, work with me. It's not like you had a choice. You know, they're like, okay, bud, we're going. Grab the mat, let's go. Maybe some of you need to do that this week. Hey, you're going to church with me this Sunday, like it or not. You know, trick them. Hey, let's go to breakfast, and then afterwards you show up here. Oh, yeah, and we're going to church, by the way, too. You know, whatever you got to do to bring people to Jesus. We're going to assume this guy wanted to, to, to see Jesus. But before we focus on how they bore this guy's burdens and, and what they did to bring him to Jesus, uh, let's, let's for a second focus on why they couldn't get into the house because there were so many people packed in this house to, to see Jesus and, and to be with Jesus. Now, we can celebrate that there were that many people that wanted to see Jesus, and, and we should, and that's really cool. But does anybody like me look at this story and ask this question? Why wasn't anybody willing to give up their seat or move over so that the paralyzed could get in and get to Jesus? Have you thought about that? Why is it that these guys couldn't get in and nobody cared enough for this guy that didn't know Jesus and, and was paralyzed? We know he didn't know Jesus because Jesus had to forgive his sins. Nobody was willing to say, hey, you can have my spot. You can have my seat. No, they were in there. They were enjoying Jesus. They were cheering Jesus on. They're probably getting selfies with Jesus, you know, hashtag hanging with Jesus. And, and you know the four guys tried. Hey, would you be willing to make room? Would you be willing to let us go? Would you, would you give up your seat so we can bring our friend in to Jesus? Hey, you get your own Jesus. This is my Jesus. Y'all know where I'm going with this, right? We could be like this sometimes as Christians. We, we can be so, so, want to spend so much time with Jesus and focusing on Jesus that we have our back to the world and those that don't know Jesus. Sometimes if we're not careful, we can be so heavenly minded, we're no earthly good. And we have a responsibility, if we know Jesus, to make room for those who don't know Jesus. Amen? Found people find people and bring them to Jesus. And I'm thankful that these guys were willing to do something about it. They didn't just give up. Notice what that didn't happen in this story. They didn't say to their friend, hey, Jesus is coming back to town. Man, make sure you get a ticket. Grab an Uber ride. We'll meet you there. No, they brought him to Jesus. They got involved in his life. They didn't just say they loved him. They showed their love to him. They put their love and compassion into action. You've heard it said over and over, people don't care what you know until they know that you care. And they showed that they cared. They were willing to go out of their way to bear this guy's burdens, to bring him to Jesus. And I want you to think, Orchard Church, as we prepare for Easter weekend and the opportunity to share the gospel with thousands of people in our community, who in your sphere of influence needs Jesus? What family, what relationship, what burden can you help bear? Who's hurting in your sphere of influence that you know that you need to listen to? You need to show them that you care. 
You need to bear some burdens. You need to pray, say, I'll pray for you. I'll help you. You know, someone maybe at work or in your neighborhood has a baby and you show up at the shower and you bring a gift to show that you care. Maybe somebody goes in the hospital and you show up at the hospital to visit them to show that you care. Somebody gets sick and you bring them a meal to show them that you care. These guys were willing to go out of their way and do whatever it took to bear these guys, this guy's burdens of their friend so that they could bring him to Jesus. Now, let me say this. There's a difference between inviting people to Jesus and bringing people to Jesus. And it starts with inviting, and we should invite. And we're encouraging you to invite your friends um, and family members, coworkers, neighbors to one of our services here at Orchard to hear the gospel. But, but take it a step further, and don't just invite them. Would you be willing to bring them? And maybe you say, hey, I, I'll, I'll bring you. Would you come to church with me? I'll pick you up. And afterward, we'll, we'll go to breakfast, or we'll go to lunch, or we'll go, go to dinner if it's on Saturday night. Willing to take that extra step. Why? Because here at Orchard Church, we reach people no one is reaching by doing things no one is doing. Not just inviting people, but bringing people. If you're with me, say, I'm with you. Let, let me tell you a story of uh, some people who are bringing their friends to Jesus. And I think kids are better at this uh, many times than adults are. Uh, kids, you know, will pick up their friends and they'll bring them. And, and sometimes as adults, we just throw the invite out there, but we don't really go out of our way to bring people. Let me tell you a story about Emma. Emma and her family have been coming to our orchard for several years. And Emma, I think, is in fourth or fifth grade. And she's brought several of her friends to OC Kids here at Orchard. And uh, she's seen some of them accept Christ. Um, Emma has some Christian friends at school. And they sometimes during the day, they'll stop and they'll pray for the kids in their school that don't know Jesus. One of her friends she's bringing to church right now, her mom is not a believer and, and she doesn't come to church at all, but her friend's been coming, and we believe she's very close to accepting Christ. A little girl making a difference, helping people find and follow Jesus. Let me tell you another story. This is a story of, of a girl named Taylor. Taylor's a teenager in our Fuel student ministry that meets right here on Wednesday nights, middle school and high school. And can we just celebrate? Uh, they had a record attendance on a regular Wednesday night, over 205 students right here a couple of weeks ago. Every week, they're seeing teenagers put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Taylor has brought over 15 of her friends to fuel student ministry. Many of them have accepted Christ. Now they're coming on a regular basis. Taylor brought her next-door neighbor, Lexi. This is Lexi. She invited her to come. Lexi came to Orchard Church Fuel Student Ministry. She accepted Christ. Her life started changing. Her mom and dad, who were not attenders at church anywhere, saw the change in the lifestyle of their daughter, Lexi, and they said, we don't know what's going on, but something is different about her. They came to Orchard Church to make sure she wasn't a part of a cult. Now the whole family attends Orchard Church on a regular basis. All. Because some kids and some teenagers were willing to not just invite, but bring their friends to Jesus, to bear some burdens. And I'm going to ask you guys this week to be willing to live on, on mission. When you came in today, we gave you some invite cards right there. Um, we put those on your chair so you can invite people and bring people uh, to Orchard Church to hear the gospel on Easter Sunday. 80, the statistics tell us that 80% of the people who are invited to an Easter service will say yes. 80%. People are just waiting for someone to invite them and bring them 
to church on Easter Sunday. That means if you give out five cards, four of the people are probably gonna say, say yes. Because we reach people no one is reaching by doing things no one is doing, we took it a step further. When you came in, how many of y'all found the little bracelet when you came in with those little invite cards? And you're like, what, what is this all about? Let me tell you what we're asking you to do this week. You, people used to you know, put a string on their finger if they wanted to be reminded of something, not to forget they'd tie a string on their finger. Well, we took it a step further and we gave you a bracelet. We're asking you to put this bracelet on. If you're a regular tenor here at Orchard Church, this bracelet is to remind you all week long this week to live on mission for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Every day, who can I invite? Who can I plan to bring on Easter Sunday to church? We're asking you to wear this as a reminder. And you don't have to just do it this week. You can keep doing it as a reminder. We're better together to help people find and follow Jesus, to live on mission. Here's something else we're going to ask you to do, to, to take it a step further. I want to ask you to get out your phones right now. If you don't have your phone out, get your phone out, get your camera out, get ready. No, Pastor Doug is not going to do a dance for you. That's not the reason. We're going to ask you to take a picture. We're putting on the side screens right now an invite card. This is our invite card. I'm asking you to take a picture of this invite card. I should be seeing cameras up, flashes going on right now. Take a picture of this right now. And whoever God has already laid on your heart, a family member, a friend, a coworker, a neighbor, who is hurting, whose marriage is struggling, whose family is struggling, who's struggling financially, who's struggling in their health, who's going through a hard time, that you right now can text this picture to and say, would you join me at Orchard Church for Easter next weekend? Man, tweet it out, Instagram it, put it on your Facebook page. We had people last service that took a picture and sent it to every contact that they had in all their contacts. They said, who wants to join me? And people are already starting to say yes. So I'm asking you to do that right now. Why would we ask you to do something like that? Because here at Orchard Church, we reach people no one is reaching by what? Doing things no one is doing. And if we're going to reach people for Jesus, we've got to, first of all, learn the lesson from these guys that we saw in this story in Mark chapter 2. We've got to be willing to bear some burdens. Here, here's a second one if you're taking notes. Not only do we need to bear some burdens, we've got to be willing to break some rules we got to be willing to break some rules. Man, these guys broke some rules in order to get their friend to Jesus. Let's look at what happened in verse 4 when they couldn't get into the house because of the crowd of people and nobody would give up their spot and nobody would give up their seat. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd. So they dug a hole through the roof above his head, above Jesus' head, and then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. They basically said, we're going to do anything short of sin to bring our friend to Jesus. We're going we're gonna to make this happen. And they broke some rules. They, they were kind of rebels. And, and, and I like this. I've always kind of been known as a rebel. Yeah, probably doesn't surprise you guys. I've always been a little bit of a rebel, and I, I'm a little bit of a rule breaker. Um, I'm going to come clean and be honest. We're in church this morning. I never waited 30 minutes to swim after eating. I just got right in, lived to tell about it. I never used to wear a helmet when I would ride my bicycle now I own a motorcycle, and sometimes I wear my helmet, and sometimes I don't. I know, that's not good. Uh, when I was a little kid, I would ride in the front seat of my grandparents' a car on the little uh, armrest right in the middle between my grandma and grandpa with no seatbelt on, and I lived to tell about it. I grew up in Oklahoma. I would ride in the back of the tr a truck all over the place. I ran with suckers in my mouth more than once. I've sniffed a few magic markers in my day. Some of y'all are like, that explains it. 
I've broken some rules. And I love that these guys were willing to break some rules, not violating the word of God, but they were willing to do anything short of sin to bring their friend to Jesus. They said, okay, these people aren't going to move over. They're not going to give up their seat. You know, they're going to be selfish with their Jesus. We'll get on the roof. They climb up on the roof. I did a little bit of research. The roofs at this time in, in Capernaum were made out of thatch. They were made out of mud and grass and manure. And they would mix them together. That's what the roof was made of, which I think is a lesson for us to learn that sometimes bringing people to Jesus means you got to go through some stuff. Some of you got real nervous right there. Bringing people to Jesus is messy. Ministry is messy. Because if God has left us to be on mission to help people find and follow Jesus, our enemy, the devil, is going to do everything he can to stop it. And he's going to throw some crap in our way trying to help bring people to Jesus. Hashtag Pastor Doug just said crap in church. Yes. It's in the Bible. The roof had crap in it. Okay. Sorry. It, I promise you, if you really get serious this week to live on mission, and you get serious this year to live on mission to help people find and follow Jesus, Satan's going to throw some stuff your way. It's going to happen. But they were willing to go through this. And I don't know how they got through this roof. I don't know. Did they come prepared? Did they bring a shovel? Was one of the guys like a boy scout? And he's like, be prepared. You know, I'm ready. And I don't know how they did it, but they busted through this roof. And I'm just only imagining this scene. All the people that wouldn't give up their seat inside are like, what the heck? As the roof is being ripped off of this house. Now, I don't, I'm assuming they didn't bring rope with them. And so they're like, okay, Jim, you grab a leg. Mike, you grab this leg. I'm going to get these arms. Four guys are like lowering the guy above everybody's heads down to Jesus. And, and they're like, okay, well, he's paralyzed. Be careful. And one guy's like, well, what? We're not going to re-paralyze him. I, I, I don't know. And, and then they finally, they're like, well, we're, we got six feet to go. We'll just drop him. Jesus will take care of it. Bloom. I don't know. But he's there. And then Jesus heals him. But what I love is they were willing to do whatever it took to get their friend to Jesus. And that's why here at Orchard Church, we reach people no one is reaching by being willing to do things no one is doing, anything short of sin. And I'm going to ask you guys, as we prepare for Easter weekend and the opportunity to see hundreds of people come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior, I'm going to ask you guys to break some rules. Break some rules. What, what, what am I talking about? We, we break rules all the time around here at Orchard Church. Uh, here at Orchard Church, we, we say, come as you are. You know, unlike the church I grew up in where you had to dress a certain way to be accepted in church, we're like, man, we're just glad that you're here. It's not about what's on the outside. It's about what's on the inside. We, we don't care what you're wearing as long as you are wearing something. Okay, we do draw the line there, okay? We're like, come as you are. You're going to hear a testimony next week about that, about a family that we've reached. And they said that was one of the first things they noticed. We could come as we are because that's how Jesus meets us, right where we are. We, we, we have some other rules we've broken. We have Super Bowl Sunday that we've done the last several years. So we've had some churches say, you can't do Super Bowl Sunday. Normally, churches are down about 30% on Super Bowl Sunday. We've decided to, like Jesus, embrace something in culture, use it for an opportunity to advance the gospel. We usually are 10, 20% up in attendance. This year alone, we had 58 people that said yes to Jesus right here at Orchard on Super Bowl Sunday. Because we were willing to do... Something different to reach people no one is reaching. We do things no one is doing. This is why, and I know we're not the only church that does this, but we have guest parking. That if you're a first-time guest, we've got a nice spot for you because statistics tell us that people decide in the first seven minutes if they're going to return to a church or not. 
Before they ever even hear the message of the worship, they make a decision. And we want to welcome people with the love of Jesus. Here's a parking spot. Now listen, guest parking is for first-time guests the first time. Not, oh, I've been a guest for six months. No, you're a guest. So, you know, we're like, somebody said, why do the guests get the best parking? They only are supposed to get it one time. But let me tell you a secret, okay? If you'd like to park in the guest parking every week, you bring a new guest to Orchard Church with you, and you can park there every week. Fair enough? There you go. All right? We, well, why do we do stuff like that? Because we will do anything short of sin to reach people for Christ. This is why we put billboards up. This is why we ask you guys to put orchard stickers on the back of your car. Which, by the way, if you don't have an orchard sticker on the back of your car, because we do things no one else is doing, we're putting those on all your cars right now during the service. <laughs> one of these days we're actually going to do that. Um, this is why we started Orchard Church Latino here at Orchard Church, because 45% of our population, our community, is Hispanic, and many of them only speak Spanish, so that's the preferred language. And can we praise God that they had a record attendance a couple of weeks ago, 195 in Spanish service. Amen? And we did that because we want to reach everyone for Jesus. Some of you may remember this. We did these sticky notes. We put these on your chair. The first Sunday when we moved into this new building, we asked you to write the names of friends, family members, coworkers, neighbors that need Jesus. You put them on sticky notes. We actually took these sticky notes, people you were praying for to bring to Orchard, to, to bring to Jesus. We put them together, and Matt Thompson, our creative art pastor, put this, and we spelled out Jesus. This thing is, is huge. It's like a, you know eight by 10. It's in the back of our offices. We see this as a reminder every day of all the people that we're praying for in our community that we want to see come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior. And many of you, many of you have told me, hey, that person I wrote down, we prayed for, they're now coming to Orchard. They now accepted Christ. They've now gotten baptized. Because listen, church, you want to know what we're about at the end of the day? Here it is as simply as I can put it. We want to depopulate hell and populate heaven. That's what, that's what we're here for. That's what we're here for. And so we're going to break some rules. We're going to do some things different. We're going to do anything short of sin. And I'm going to ask you guys to be willing to break some rules this coming Easter weekend, to do some things differently than what you're used to doing. We have seven services, three on Saturday night in English, three on Sunday in English, and then a fourth in Spanish at 1 o'clock. We know that um, our first two services Saturday, our first two services on Sunday are going to be our most attended services of guests um, and people that need Jesus. So we're asking you, would you be willing to change services, to live on mission, to, to give up your seat, to help someone find and follow Jesus by considering attending either the last service on Saturday at 6.30 or the last service on Sunday at 11.30 by being willing to move out of the way, give up your seat so that guests can be here and find Jesus. A simple thing we can do to help someone find and follow Jesus. I'm going to ask you to break the rules in this way. So many of you are faithful to serve here at Orchard Church on a regular basis, but we're going to ask you, would you be willing to serve multiple services? We've already had many people that have said, I'm going to come to one service on Saturday night and I'm going to serve every service all weekend long because I want to be a part of helping people find and follow Jesus. Can we give it up for all those who serve here at Orchard Church to help us stay on mission? We could not do it without you. So those of you that regularly serve, can you serve more? Can you serve multiple services to help someone find and follow Jesus? I know that's crazy. A lot of churches struggle to get people to even serve one service. We're asking you to serve multiple services, but it, it's worth it. If it changes one life, it's worth it. Amen, church? If it changes someone's eternal destiny, it's, it's worth it. And I'm going to ask you to do one other thing. And, boy, I know this is a big sacrifice for some of you guys. 
I'm going to ask you, would you be willing on Easter weekend to not park in our parking lot, but to park right next door at Prairie View High School? Maybe walk a couple extra steps if it would free up some parking to help people find and follow Jesus. How many of you would say, I'd be willing to do that on Easter weekend? I'd be willing to park at Prairie View High School if it helps somebody find you. I can do that. Lift your hands up nice and high, nice and high. Keep them up, keep them up. All right, get the picture of the crowd right now in the back. Okay, get that. Okay, we've got, we've got your picture. We're going to match that with your license plate. Hey, did you guys see what we just got? Two new golf carts, six passenger golf carts. We're going to help you. So if you park over there, we're going to bring you over. It might actually even be quicker than parking in our lot. But being willing to do whatever it takes and being willing to break some rules, to get crazy, to get radical, to help people find and follow Jesus. Let me share a story with you about a man in our church. His name is uh, Gary Reed. Gary Reed is a retired firefighter. He now is a driver for Lyft, and he's been willing to break some rules. Uh, Lyft may or may not like this, but he said, every time I give someone a Lyft ride, I try to get into a spiritual conversation. I always always have orchard invite cards with me, and I give them out all the time. He's had several people that have come to Orchard Church because he's willing to break some rules to help somebody find and follow Jesus. Can we celebrate that? I love that. I love that. I want to close this morning with verse 12. These guys were willing to do whatever it took to get their friend to Jesus. And because of that, because they were willing to bear some burdens and they were willing to break some rules, what was the result? The man jumped up. This guy had been paralyzed his whole life. He jumped up. His life was radically changed. He grabbed his mat and he walked out through the stunned onlookers. They were all amazed and praised God, exclaiming, let's say it together, Orchard Church, we've never seen anything like this before. We've never seen anything like this before. Would it be okay if so many people gave their hearts and lives to Jesus Christ next Easter weekend that we would all walk out of here in awe and say, we've never seen anything like this before. Would that be okay, Orchard? Because we are willing to do whatever it takes. We reach people no one is reaching by doing things no one is doing. We'll do anything short of sin to bring people to Jesus. Because we have a vision here at Orchard Church that we would not judge people without Jesus, but we would love people to Jesus. Because that is the mission that God has given us, to help people find and follow Jesus. Oh, that we would be as passionate and compassionate about reaching people for Jesus as these four guys in this story. May that challenge all of us today to live on mission, not just this week, but all of our life to help people find and follow Jesus. Father, we come to you now and we just thank you for your word and this, this life-changing story. We pray that we would apply it to all of our lives and that we'd live it out to help more people find and follow you. With heads bowed and eyes closed, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ right now, I'm gonna ask you this question. I put it in your notes. Who will you bring to Jesus this Easter? Who will you invite? Who in your sphere of influence is hurting, that needs help, who's struggling, that you could be a blessing to? And would you pray for them right now? I'm gonna ask you to be praying for them right now. And as you're praying for them, I'm also gonna ask you to prepare your hearts for communion as we're going to remember the ultimate sacrifice that Jesus made for us to bear our burdens. He went to the cross. He gave his body. He shed his blood to pay for our sins so that we might have a relationship with him. And would you be preparing your heart right now as we will be partaking in communion in just a moment. As you're doing that, if you're here today and you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, 
the most important thing that Jesus said to that man, that paralyzed man, was not take up your bed and walk. It was first what he said, your sins are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. Because see, it's our sins that separate us from a relationship with God. And when our sins are forgiven, that relationship is restored and we're healed, not just physically, but spiritually. And we're set free and we're given eternal life. You know, Jesus did something that no one else could do or would do for us to reach us. He paid for our sins on the cross. And he offers that gift to us today. And all we have to do is say yes to him. If you've never said yes to Jesus, I want to give you an opportunity to do that right now. I'm going to pray a prayer out loud that I do pray every week here at Orchard Church. It's not a magic prayer, magic words, but if you're willing to pray this prayer from your heart to God's this morning, you can say yes to Jesus. You can have your sins forgiven and a relationship with God restored and have eternal life. If that's you, would you pray this prayer with me? It goes like this. Jesus, I want you to forgive my sins. I want a relationship with you. Jesus, I'm saying yes to you today. Yes, be my Lord. Yes, be my Savior. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for the ultimate sacrifice. So we continue the attitude of prayer with heads bowed and eyes closed. Nobody looking around. I don't want to embarrass anybody. But if you just prayed that prayer for the first time, that's the most important decision you could ever make. I'd love the privilege to pray for you right now, that you would grow in your walk and relationship with Jesus from this day forward. I'm going to count to three. On the count of three, if you prayed that prayer, would you just slip up your hand so I can see it and I can pray for you this morning that you would grow in your relationship with Jesus? One, two, three. Lift up your hand nice and high. God bless you over here. Yes, God bless you over here, over here. God bless you. God bless you right down here, sir. God bless you over here, sir. God bless you. Two or three people, four people, five people in this section. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Let me pray for you. And let's all prepare our hearts right now to remember that Jesus paid the ultimate price, the ultimate sacrifice represented in this bread, in this cup, his body and his blood to pay for our sins. Father, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your grace, your mercy, your sacrifice. We thank you for those today accepting that gift of salvation. We welcome them into the family of God as our brothers and sisters in Christ. We pray that they would grow in their walk and relationship with you from this day forward. And God, right now, as we prepare with these elements to remember the sacrifice that you made for us, Lord, we, we confess our sins to you. We thank you that you are faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. We pray that you would create in us a clean heart and renew a right spirit in us as we come to this table today. Lord, we could never thank you enough for the ultimate sacrifice of your body and your blood to pay for our sins, that we may be made right with you for all eternity. And we partake of these elements today to remember that sacrifice. The scripture says, for I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. And then he broke it in pieces and said, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And they partook of the bread. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you're announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. And we remember his sacrifice.
And all God's people said, amen, amen. Can we just give the Lord some praise for his sacrifice and welcome some new believers in the family of God today. God bless you guys. Amen. What a special privilege to do communion together here on Palm Sunday. Our host team is going to come forward real quick and circulate some of these purple plastic bags, not in honor of Rocky season, but to put our empty communion cups in. So please make sure you do that. This is not offering. This is for uh, those empty communion cups. If you did say yes today, um, I want to encourage you to, before you leave this building today, to stop by our I Said Yes booth and pick up this I Said Yes booklet. It's going to help you in your newfound walk with Jesus. So please, before you leave this building today, if you said yes to Jesus today or recently in a service but haven't gotten one of these, stop by that booth. One of our volunteers will be happy to put this in your hands. If you're a first-time guest with us today, I hope you filled out that connection card that was in your newsletter. When the offering bucket comes by here in a moment, I hope you put that in because we'd like to send you a thank you card and a free gift in the mail just as uh, to be good hosts for spending your time here with us today. So for now, um, don't forget about Easter next week. Of course you won't. We have seven services to celebrate our risen Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. So we have three on Saturday. We have four on Sunday. Pick the one that fits best. Bring your friends. Bring your neighbors. And let's celebrate. So let's continue to celebrate today as we close in a song of worship. Go ahead and stand up as we worship with uh, a song and by giving because living on mission means giving on mission. So we want to act our wage by giving first, saving second, and living on the rest. God bless you, Orchard. We love you.